and welcome to episode 32 of George's Random Astronomical Object. Every episode, I run a random number generator to select random astronomical coordinates in the sky, and I then search for an astronomical object near those coordinates and talk about what makes that object so scientifically important. So I will now switch on the random number generator. The random number generator has poured a cup of coffee for me, which is very nice except for the fact that I don't drink coffee. The coordinates from the random number generator are 16 hours, 32 minutes, 32.0 seconds right ascension, and plus 82 degrees, 32 minutes, 16 seconds declination. This points to the galaxy NGC 6251. This is a large elliptical galaxy found in the constellation of Ursa Minor. Everything about this galaxy is large except the constellation that it's located in. The most interesting thing about NGC 6251 is its active galactic nucleus, or AGN. An AGN consists of a supermassive black hole, a disk of gas falling into that black hole, and jets of gas that emerge from above and below the black hole. The jets do not come out of the black hole itself, but instead come from gas that was originally falling inwards towards the black hole, but did not actually enter the black hole itself. The reason why this happens is because the gas gets compressed as it falls towards the black hole, which makes it hot and causes the gas to expand out of the plane of the disk, thus producing something like wind in space. Magnetic fields in the environment around a supermassive black hole will deflect these winds so that they flow outwards above the poles of the black hole, thus producing the jets. So, NGC 6251, like a lot of galaxies with AGN, has two jets of gas emerging from opposite sides of its nucleus. When we look at this galaxy in the visible part of the electromagnetic spectrum, we mostly just see a giant sphere of stars. The jets are virtually invisible. However, the jets produce very strong radio wave emission, which has led astronomers to refer to NGC 6251 and galaxies with similar jets as radio galaxies. The two jets extend beyond the sphere of stars to both the northwest and southeast of the galaxy as viewed in the Earth's night sky. The jet to the northwest looks like a narrow stream of gas, sort of like the stream of water from a faucet or a hose, but the jet then terminates in a giant cloud of gas called a lobe. This is where the gas from the jet slams into the very, very thin gas between galaxies called the intergalactic medium. The jet to the southeast looks similar to the one to the northwest, except that it doesn't have the narrow stream of gas from the center of the galaxy. Also, the lobe to the southeast is twice as far from the center of the galaxy as the lobe to the northwest. 
The jets are surprisingly huge, and even I was surprised by how large these jets are. NGC 6251 actually gets placed in a subcategory of radio galaxies called giant radio galaxies. Although I think supersized, or titanic, or ginormous, or another synonym with more syllables than giant would be better. As seen from Earth, the jets extend about one degree in the sky. For comparison, the moon covers only half a degree in the sky, so the jets appear twice as wide as the moon. However, the moon is very close to Earth, whereas NGC 6251 is located at a distance of 318 million light years, or 97.6 megaparsecs. Applying simple geometry, this means that the jets are more than 5.5 million light years in size. To put that number into context, the distance from the Earth to the Andromeda galaxy, which is the closest spiral galaxy to our own, is less than half the size of these jets. It's also worth pointing out that if we look at the stars in NGC 6251 in the visible part of the electromagnetic spectrum, they only extend over a diameter that is less than one-thirtieth the size of the jets. Because the jets are so immense, and because nothing travels at the speed of light, although most things don't even get that close, it took a while for these jets to form. A recent analysis by a group of people that includes some people that I work with at the University of Manchester indicates that the jets took at least somewhere between 200 and 250 million years to form. However, it's not just the jets in this galaxy that are enormous. The supermassive black hole in the AGN is also, as implied by its name, very massive. A pair of astronomers using the Hubble Space Telescope were able to detect ionized gas in orbit around the very center of the galaxy, and they inferred that this gas was orbiting the central black hole. By applying some really basic physics, they determined that the central black hole was somewhere between 400 and 800 million times the mass of the Sun. Now, I really wanted to say that this was a jumbo-sized supermassive black hole, and while it is gigantic compared to the supermassive black hole at the center of our galaxy, it's not actually that colossal compared to many of the others that have been found at the centers of other nearby galaxies. So, even though this isn't the bulkiest supermassive black hole, it's still a very useful measurement in the overall discussion of supermassive black holes in the universe. As I have explained in a couple of episodes, including most recently in episode 30, the mass of the supermassive black hole at the center of a galaxy is directly proportional to either, for spiral galaxies, the size of the bulge of stars at the center of the galaxy, or, for elliptical galaxies, the size of the galaxy overall, because elliptical galaxies are effectively all bulge and no disk. Every mass measurement of a supermassive black hole like the one in NGC 6251 is another data point that illustrates the existence of this relation. So that's my summary of NGC 6251, as well as my effort to use multiple synonyms for large while describing it. The location on the Earth's surface corresponding to the position of NGC 6251 in the sky is slightly more than 300 kilometers northwest from Ellesmere and Axel Heiberg Islands in the Arctic Ocean. 
these two islands are part of Canada. And if this location was actually on the Canadian mainland, or even just on the island, we could say that the gargantuan radio galaxy was associated with one of the vastest countries on the planet. Instead, the location is in the Earth's smallest ocean. Oh well. The website for this podcast is www.randomastronomicalobject.com. You can visit the website to download episodes of the show, read information about the astronomical objects, view images of those astronomical objects, and send me random feedback. The audio was recorded and edited by George Bendo. The music is Immersion by Sasha Endy at www.sasha-endy.de, which is distributed by filmmusic.io under a CC 4.0 attribution license. The sound effects are from the Freesound Project at www.freesounds.org. Thanks for listening.